Welcome, dear listeners, to Xan... I don't like that one at all. No. 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 We're going to try that one no. again. No. Proceed. That sounded like me trying too hard to sound sober. Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Wendy Bowlesby and Melissa Kirscher. Welcome, dear listeners, to Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I am your host, Melissa, and this is our fifth off-topic episode. Okay, those of you who have been around for a while, you know what's going on, but if you're new, here's the scoop. Our episodes are heavily edited. Most of the stuff that gets clipped out just goes away, but sometimes the edits contain stories or funny bits or weird things that just happened that just don't fit in regular main episode. So this episode is constructed of all the bits and bobs that were shaved off the prior 14 episodes. The clips you are about to hear were recorded between February and June of 2015. Aside from the voices of Wendy and myself, you will hear the sweet, sweet sounds of Tanya Warshaw, Kate Cornish, Kelvin Hatley, Pat Harrigan, Louis Lovehog, Cedia Scotchbringer, Eric Knight, Fessworks, and Noel Thingball. And of course, there will be no rhyme or reason to any of this. So without further ado, please enjoy this off-topic extravaganza. But anyway, we've totally hijacked this. We've strayed off the topic. (laughs) Which is, of course, me. Which is (laughs) the most important topic in the world. We were still tangentially like talking about the creation of stuff on the internet and what the internet does and why you would want to be a creator and the types of stories that are valid and all those things. So it was all still in there somewhere. Oh, yeah. It's all, it's all, it's all still filling in the donut. (laughs) I may be hungry. (laughs) Do we need to take you for donuts? Donuts. Donuts. I'm up for donuts. Oh. Donuts. All right. Where where can we get late night donuts? At Cub. Would you like some apple danish? Oh, that's right. We, we do have the apple danish. <laughs> you, you kids at home can't have any apple danish. Yeah, you can have a slice. There's apple danish. There oh, is apple my danish. Goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, There's apple danish. Oh. It's our Terry Thomas of the episode. <laughs> yes. It's required. Terry Thomas. Terry Thomas showed up and wanted apple danish. <laughs> I don't have a healthy relationship with Jet's Pizza right now. Just saying. Like, like unhealthy in that that addiction sense. Yes. <laughs> you know what we we have suggested Jets Pizza in a lot of episodes right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. So we can keep yeah. suggesting Jets Pizza because it's still making so me really fucking happy. We have the best pizza place. The I believe you. Is so good. You you so have mentioned good. pizza quite often. It's so good. <laughs> Okay. Uh, uh, is that a new? Is it's that a new drinking thing? Mm. Drinking Jets pizza. No, I meant like 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 for listeners, like um, part of the new yeah. drinking game. Oh, it, it, every time we say something about Jet Jets, Jets pizza, pizza, Jets it, pizza, it, yeah. when Jets pizza or 
video universe get mentioned. Or yeah. a Terry Thomas. <laughs> Terry Thomas. We had so many no, I've been cutting out Terry Thomas <laughs> stuff. We're gonna have because there's so clip. much Terry Thomas. You so what you're Terry saying Thomas is on a clip show. On a clip show, we should do like a micro, a micro special bonus episode of like here's just, just Terry, Terry Thomas, Thomas impersonations <laughs> Thomas. for 45 minutes. <laughs> Terry Thomas. All right, so okay, all right, so we're we're on going onwards. We are. Yeah. We're just adding more to the catalog for later clips episodes. That's Ooh. what's happening. Yeah. Terry Thomas. All right. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Everybody drink. Hey, by the way, we've added two new rules to the drinking game. If we mention three, if we mention <laughs> Terry Thomas, hello, or if we say hello, that counts. You should drink. Um, if we mention Jet's Pizza. Yes, Jet's Pizza, definitely. Which is quickly becoming sort of a spirit guide for this podcast. <laughs> oh, or Video Universe, I, the best video store in the universe. I could become a furry for Jet's Pizza. Yes. 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 I don't know what that means. I don't know what I, came out of my mouth, but that, <laughs> yes. There have been yes. moments with Jet's Pizza where I can understand portions of the movie american pie wow i love Meta that you film. said three and we just had two no i didn't i did i said terry, terry thomas, thomas and jet's pizza. jet's pizza and video universe you did not say anything about video universe i did no, no, she did she, she did, did. She you're totally drunk did. i am drunk you know what there's gonna be audio proof that you're wrong and i'm right awesome. and that makes me happy because very rarely in life do you get to have proof that you were right remember i'm an editor <laughs> Fuck! I'm a witness. <laughs> oh shit! She's gonna edit that out too, man. No, I know, uh, and then I'll be buried in the swamp. And... <laughs> yeah, that's right, editors, man. Yeah, mm. fucking editors. I can vanish you. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, this episode has the mystery guest who never speaks, and our special guest. <laughs> and this film that we're gonna talk about. <laughs> we had a special guest. What was her name? <laughs> if you take a drink every time I say jets, then eventually you will be as drunk as I am. Jets. I got I got started before you did. Jets, 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 oh, jets, jets. I had whiskey. You did. When <laughs> you eat jets, you're so happy. Yeah, cause it's pizza so good. Anyway, what? <laughs> now I need to open a rival food change called Sharks. <laughs> <laughs> story when i did chicago mm -hmm. and i played velma which is the Catherine zeta jones role i'm on stage for like the first 20 minutes solid of of the show and then then basically what hand, happens is a handoff to roxy and then velma exits and velma doesn't come back on for like 25 minutes and the running gag I had during performances I, is I would deliver my last line. I would walk off stage. And the minute I hit the curtains, I would turn to the chorus person who was standing there. And there's because that's all they do is just sort of stand in the wings. Right. That's what you do during a show. And I'm like, I'm ordering a pizza. Who wants some? Because <laughs> it was a fucking half hour until mm -hmm. I had to go back on. Mm -hmm. And you don't think about that when you're watching a show. But it's like, wow, she really is gone for a while. What's she doing back there? As it turns out. I am, in fact, ordering a pizza. <laughs> <laughs>
It's your birthday tomorrow. Neither one of us has to work. So you know, you know what? It's 11 p.m. People in New York can now celebrate my birthday. God damn it all. They need to get on that. God damn it. Yeah. It should be a national holiday. Mm-hmm. Mm. Boston, you're on alert. You have to celebrate my birthday now. Yeah, but you you don't really have a plan yet. See, I already had a plan. I, I went and I saw it. Per- Did I tell you how perfect my birthday was? No, no. Tell tell me how perfect was your birthday? It was the perfect moviegoer birthday. I started, I watched four films in the theater that day. Sorry for all the Holy clunking. Four, four films. I started with my free breakfast at Denny's. <gasps> oh. You get a free breakfast on your birthdays. You get a Grand Slam. Oh, oh. A build your own Grand oh, Slam. Oh. Yes. All right. Yes. All right. All right. So All right. I started All with right. some free breakfast. Okay. That's and cool. then I headed out to see Kingsman, which opened on my birthday. It was the perfect birthday present. Oh my perfect. God. And I took my mom and my friend, Barb Lind, who joined us for the Sweeney Todd episode. Oh, that Barb, yeah. Yes. And so I got to enjoy a movie I had already seen and share it with two who had not seen it and so get the added joy of watching them watch it and how excited they were by it. Mm -hmm. So it was sort of a compounded joy. So that was delightful. And then it was sort of a process of elimination down. It was perfect. The next thing we watched was all the Oscar animated shorts. And that was just me and my mom because Barb had to leave. And that was delightful. So my mom and I watched those. And then we had some conversation afterwards about which ones we liked and what we thought of them and how different they were. And that was delightful to get to share that experience one-on-one. But then my mom had to go to go pick up Teddy at school. And so now I'm left to watch a movie all alone, which is something I also enjoy doing. So throughout the day, I got to experience all the different ways I love to watch movies. Nice. And I watched <laughs> Seventh Son, which was absolutely <laughs> terrible. <laughs> and it was almost a private screening. There was one other person there okay. and it was just awful and that was kind of delightful. And then later that night at 10 p.m., I went to a group's a group movie event where there were like 12 of us and we saw Jupiter ascending and we were the only ones there and we mocked it out loud and it was fantastic. Lovely. And that was my birthday celebration through movies. Bravo. You are truly an inspiration. I know. You should all be inspired by me. It's true. I it definitely, Denny's is now on my schedule for tomorrow. I know, right? Mm. Free breakfast. Mm-hmm. Pancake. El Pancaco. El Pancaco. <laughs> I need to watch Inherent Vice again, like I, Pronto. I loved I should, it. I should own it and watch it every week until I understand it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I feel like maybe I need to get stoned to understand it. Like maybe if oh, I get stoned, it'll just sort of seep in. Maybe that's my problem. I've never I, been stoned. I need to invite my friend, I will not name names, who smokes a lot. But I feel like I should invite her over because she's always she's always willing to share. Okay. And we should we should have an evening together. <gasps> stoner movies. <laughs> we have okay. not touched on stoner movies yet. Wow. Yet. I'm not saying that we'd be stoned when we did them, officer. I wouldn't be. CYA. I'm, I'm boring in that. I'm boring in the drug use sense. It's, I'm truly boring. I'll pick up the slack for you. Okay, awesome. Uh, theoretically, officer. Ooh. Cookies. Why, yes, thank you. Thank you. Huh? Mm. 
There's another sleeve in there too, so. <laughs> Although we have learned not to eat during the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> too many crunchy, chewy noises. I do have half a cake upstairs. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> because my mother decided to get me a birthday cake. That's right. When <laughs> But my birthday was in February. It's true. <laughs> you know what? Better late than fucking never. You yeah, know what? It is never too late for cake. Hashtag true fact. Hash browns, true fact. <laughs> <laughs> what genre would you live in, Melissa? Oh boy. Would you be comics? Oh, I don't know. I don't know if she'd be I, super... I, I feel like she'd be much more into, like, noir. Or yeah. Like, I think, I oh, think you'd I'd be, be Hitchcock. I think I'd be... I think I'd be noir. I think I would be noir. I, I That'd be a lot of crime, though. I know better than to ever be like, oh, I'd want to be in a B-movie, because that's how you end up running through the woods. With yeah. No I'm, I'm female. I'm female. Yeah, there's no, no way I'd be yeah, in a horror no. film. No. 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 I, I mean, mean, honestly, I don't want to live that life, but I feel like the safest would be the romantic comedy. Yeah. Yeah, but I in don't want to live. Being, nobody wants to live that life. I no. could do Manic Pixie Dream Girl, I guess. As Ooh. long as as long as I didn't have to know I was doing it. Wait, oh, could okay. I do could I do wacky eighties comedy like Weird <gasps> Genius? Oh, yeah. Genius? I would be the Genius weird yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean it's yeah, still a little good. sexist, but you know, the clothes it's, were kind of great. Better. Yeah. That's true, that's true. <gasps> Ooh, uh, maybe not. I was gonna say bound, but you know. Yeah, mm, no. I I'm yeah. not into girls. Nah. Yeah. I mean, I've kissed a girl, don't get me wrong, I've done other things with girls. But um I'm I'm pretty relentlessly hetero right now, so that wouldn't work for me yeah. so much. I Although the might 60s... enjoy being in the Matrix. <gasps> yeah. The Wait, 60s psychedelic the one, comedy though, would be very entertaining for a while. <gasps> Ooh, you could do like the Goldie Hawn like flower child chick that you oh, got an oh, Oscar oh, for. No, 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 no. I want to be Catherine Hepburn's screwball comedy. Oh, ding, ding, with ding, Spencer ding. Tracy or Cary Grant. Yes, or, yes, or, yes, 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 yes. I there we go. Okay. Oh, oh, what am I thinking? I fucking want to be Myrna Loy in The Thin Man. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> I want to be drunk with William Powell, and we're going to have a fucking good time. Uh, all right. I'm also, gonna be, we're going to solve crime. I'm going to be a musical. Because if I'm in a musical, oh, that means good. I can sing, and I can't sing right now, so I want to like, oh, be, be able to sing. What's uh, what's really bizarre is that I'm not the one who said musical, but you did. That's, <laughs> that's kind of great. Tan is on my list of good people. I actually wrote a blog post about this on Twin Cities Geeks. Hey, shout out. Yay. TwinCitiesGeeks.com about the, I was mourning the death of the Saturday matinee. Mm -hmm. Yes. How many movies were we exposed to simply because we didn't have a choice? Oh, yeah. 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 You watched what was on TV. You didn't Mm -hmm. have a choice about what was on TV. And so if I wanted to watch TV on a Saturday afternoon, I fucking watched what was on, which was, you know, Godzilla movies or Trog or old musicals or, you know, swashbuckling films. And that's how I gained this breadth of knowledge about all these movies so that when I finally saw the Muppet movie, I'm like, ha ha. I get it. I get it. That's like totally like the Black Swan right there. When I saw when I saw Star Wars and he swung across on the cable, I'm like, oh my God, it's Errol Flynn. Mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. Teddy doesn't have that mm-hmm. because she gets to choose what she watch in a way that we never did. Yeah. So I'm trying to like 
takeaway choice <laughs> for my daughter. Because <laughs> well, I grew up on Abbott and Costello movies. I mm-hmm, grew up mm-hmm. on, you know, my grandmother would tell me Fibber McGee stories, right? And she would be like, here, you should listen to this. It's Fibber McGee and Molly. And I'm like, okay, I'll listen to this shit. I only know Fibber McGee and Molly because I've spent many late nights coloring comic books. Listening to podcasts? Listening to old radio shows. It's true. Fibber Mm -hmm. McGee's Closet. That is why my grandma handed it to me. Yeah. Wow, that is digging deep. What's funny is I just saw The Woman in Gold which stars the incomparable Helen Mirren, and she is fantastic. And Ryan Reynolds is actually good in this. I feel like Ryan Reynolds is good if you put him in a role where I'm not supposed to believe he's sexy. Mm -hmm. Like, if you just let him be a guy, he's very warm and likable. But when you put that, you're supposed to be the romantic hot lead on it, then it just, the wheels come off the bus. Anyway, but The Woman in Gold is a true story about about art restoration, about these, these Austrian Jews who when the Anschluss happened and the Nazis came in, they were stripped of their possessions and other people just took their stuff. And years later, they're like, that's mine. And I would like it back. And the very famous um, woman in gold, which is a a Klimt painting, Mm -hmm. belonged to a Jewish family. And Austria didn't want to give it because Klimt is one of their national heroes. And now it's in the Klimt National Museum. And so it was just this weird thing of we had just shown Teddy Sound of Music, which is also about the Anschluss and how the Austrians kind of welcomed the Nazis. And then Woman in Gold is about, you know what? The Austrians don't want to admit that they kind of welcomed the Nazis. They were kind of happy when they were taken over. Mm-hmm. Now now they're ashamed of it. So, somebody I know, I, I can't remember who it was. It might have been Chris Jones, is that um, whenever he saw Sound of Music when he was a kid, his parents would turn off the TV just before the Nazis came in. So I always thought it was a sweet, happy story. So basically and to then, the end of act one when they get married. Yeah, and then and then later, you know, he watched the whole movie in adulthood and realized that's not what it was about. Huh. Oh my god. <laughs> that, that, that's funny. <laughs> okay. Wow. wow. Apocalyptic. 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 And And you're sober. This is gonna be awesome. Apocalyptic. Apocalyptic. Yeah. Yes. It's an apocalyptic band, and I want to be a part of it. Or at the very least, I want them on my big truck with the speakers and the kettle drums. Okay. And microphones that shoot flames. Clearly, because it's an acapella group, so. That's yes. where the flames would come from, would be from their microphones. Yes. I, I'm sure we can borrow some from Guitar Wolf. Yes. 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 Okay. We can. Sounds I have good. plans. We can. <laughs> I make plans. I see. <laughs> Did I ever tell awesome. you about my dream plan for my car? You know? <laughs> no. No, no. I want to make the tacky car eventually. I want to paint it paisley. Okay. I want to give it belly lighting. I want to have the spinny hubcaps. I want to have the the dingly fringe, you know, like on the edge <laughs> yeah. of like 1940s curtains on the inside of all the windows. I can make that happen okay, so right want, now. I want orange gorilla fur on the dashboard. <laughs> <laughs> and I want... 
the ceiling from the cockpit of an airplane installed in the roof of my car so I can flip switches. Just switches. So just switches. Just That's not going to do anything. That's like, not going to be street legal. I don't care. Why wouldn't it be street legal? You can't have... Uh, uh, underbelly lights are illegal. Um, they are? God yeah. damn it. Why would they be illegal? It's a distraction. Yeah, it doesn't do anything cool. to it doesn't do anything to help can you I, actually can drive make the vehicle. Can, whoa, 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 whoa. Spinning rims. Shh, shh, shh. What if they're infrared? <laughs> 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 then only the police will see them. God damn it. I can make the fringe on the windows happen the right what now. If, what if for a block in front of your house you put little black lights? <gasps> so as you're coming home and leaving you get that little glow. Yes. I can make the orange fur happen right now, too, if you want. Okay, cool. <laughs> I can make these things happen for you. You just let me we know. We can go to Axman and get a bunch of switches. And and, and just install six... them in the, oh, yeah. the car. We'll it's nice something. knowing someone who can get orange gorilla fur on a moment's notice. Oh, uh, a windy can. <laughs> windy can. Someday, someday, aliens are going to invade. It might be pinker than you would like right now. <laughs> aliens are going to invade... And they're going to be colorblind, or at least completely in- incapable of seeing orange on their visible spectrum, and then your day will come, and it's like... Yes! Okay, I've made these ponchos. Put these on. Take this. That's, You'll need this. That's, are you talking about Carpet Man from it's The Tick? Yes. Actually, I have this fabulous sort of um, fleecy fabric. It's not tufty like fur, but it's very plush. And the tactile, I think you would really enjoy the tactile. Mm. And it's sort of an aqua blue with polka dots. So if you want to consider <gasps> that, because it would be oh. very tactile. What color polka dots? Good. I don't remember, but I just remember it was like, wow, I don't know what this fabric is, but I need it. So welcome <laughs> to Xanadu Cinema, where we talk about... <laughs> <Yay. laughs> this is for one of our fabulous <laughs> off-topic episodes. This is what happens on Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Yes, I would pimp <laughs> Melissa's ride. <laughs> if you are into cars at all, there is a Pioneer Auto Museum, which is along I 90. Yeah. It is basically this homegrown auto museum that is in like 30 barns that are all kind of stacked together. They have one of the original Edsels. Ooh. They have the General Lee from the Dukes of Hazard. Are you nice. kidding me? I'm not kidding. Um, they uh, thousands of cars. They have it, they're like it's cars stashed in every nook and cranny of the place, <laughs> and it is one of these just homegrown things. Like somebody said, I got a couple cars. I'll put them in my barn and show them off to people for a quarter, and it like grew. <laughs> It, it's As such things can only do in South Dakota. The, the time when I found it, it was, I was driving back on Thanksgiving weekend. So I was coming back towards Minnesota and I went, oh, Pioneer Auto Museum, because I like cars. And um, it was like an hour to closing time on a holiday weekend. Like nobody was there. You can tell I walked in, they go, a customer. <laughs> <laughs> And I go in and the, the, you know, I pay my, what, $6 to get in. And and the guy goes, do you want any hot chocolate or anything? You know, he was so excited to have somebody in the place. And like only half the lights were on as I was going through. So it was like kind of eerie and dark. And I was the only person. I was just kind of prowling around in all these barns filled with these valuable cars. It was amazing. It was so amazing. I, I got some great photographs from that day because the, the lighting was all moody. Oh, it was beautiful. Sexy. At the London Film Museum right now, they have the largest collection of Bond vehicles ever assembled. 
I got to photograph Bond cars <laughs> until my battery ran out. That was awesome. <laughs> okay, major and they, they even had they had the crocodile submarine. <gasps> I know, right? What? They had the crocodile submarine. Did they, they have the auto gyro from Thunderball? They did. They oh! had they had the submarine car, the Lotus. They had the Aww. Spectres mini submarine. They had from Casino Royale the um the car that they uh rolled like yeah eighteen times that broke the record with, with all the damage. <laughs> I know, right? They even had the cello case <gasps> from, <gasps> from <laughs> the Living Daylights. <laughs> They had everything, and I loved it. Oh my god, I would have just wet myself. Okay, I'm serious when I say this, because I went, the first time I went to Britain, there I am, and I'm like talking to British people in like, you know, you know, South England, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go over to Wales, and then I'm going to go up to Scotland, and then I'm going to come back to London. And they're like, why would you do that? I'm like, excuse me? They're like, why would you go to Scotland? I what? There are Scottish people there. And all I could think was, your country is half the size of my home state. You know, seriously, are you fucking kidding me? You live on an island with these people and you're, it's a fucking tiny island. Maybe it's time you started to get along with each other. Are you shitting me? So. There were French involved. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. So. So not kidding. <laughs> I feel like the British just need to all get together and just just accept that they're all from the same fucking tiny piece of land and quit being so bitchy about it. Because they're like, oh, the fucking Welsh. They're 40 miles away. I have driven farther for fruit snacks. <laughs> Have, I told you about fans. Blackpool, right? It's like the yeah. cheapest, tackiest place ever. Have you been there? Mm-hmm. No, I, I've heard of it. I know right. of Blackpool. Yeah. Seaside, seaside resort town yeah. for the working class. So it's cheap and it's tacky and it's got um, this amusement park with the most terrifying ride I've ever been on. Mm. Have I told you about this? It was the ride where it's it's a roller coaster complete with he- hills and bumps. And it's not that high. It's not that high. It's like a kiddie roller coaster, a little bit bigger, but you're riding on merry-go-round horses. Nice. <laughs> and I don't mean that you're strapped in. I mean, like, there's a loose belt <laughs> around your waist that you kind of just, like the merry-go-round horse belts that are bullshit. That's what you're wearing while you are going around a... A, a fairly substantial hill and bumps and curves and shit, and you're just straddling this plastic horse, and your life will flash before your eyes. <laughs> it's the most terrifying thing I've ever ridden. Kind of amazing and awesome, but at the same time, like, this would never pass in America. Oh, my God. I was trapped on an airplane quite a bit for uh, this past month because I flew back and forth from England. So one of the things in the... The airplane was the little screen in the back of the seat yes, in front of me. That and makes it had, flying so much nicer. And they had all the Oscar movies, <gasps> like from the last five years. So <gasps> I actually watched Walk the Line for the first time. Really? And it was Joaquin Phoenix, really good. 
totally brings the goods. And um and 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 what's her nose? Um as um Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon was also Reese Witherspoon. I did give them scotch earlier. I've been scotch. Oh Jesus! Oh, okay, oh, that that was that was death, death to the scotch. I'm looking at apocalyptic. Okay, so there was alcohol spill, abuse, and I'm licking it. So okay, it's all good. Um, hey, yeah. rhythm. <laughs> but no, no, I I I watched a bunch of Oscar biopics that day, and I you know it's like oh I'm tired of Oscar biopics. Oh, but walk the line is here, and I watched it. And it's like oh this gives me more hope for Oscar biopics. Oscar biopics can be good. Yeah, they, they can really be. they really can be. And Joaquin Phoenix and Reese Witherspoon really did bring the goods in that Yeah, movie. they were really fantastic. They so. really were. Then, uh, then the year before that was 2008, and that was the year where we re-showed a lot of films. And because then, that, that was, was year 10. 10. Yep. And we re-showed one from each of the previous years. We also, each of the three heads at that time, we each chose one film that we wanted to show. Just because. Nice. Like, doesn't matter what it is. Nice. Doesn't matter about theme genre anything and the theme for that year was it's just after all it's just a party Mm -hmm. yeah and so we weren't tied to any theme already and so the majority of our schedule was filled in with re-showings and our own personal choices uh, a couple of other um guest events Mm -hmm. and then a couple other recent or whatever things that we wanted to work in but you know so i mean i could i mean like for what was your choice that year amelie Yay. I love that movie. Which is, it's, it is such a delightful film and it's such a great geek film because the lead character is an awkward introvert who's not sure how to interact with people, especially on a real emotional level, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, has meaning for some geeks. Just say. <laughs> one, or, one or two. One or two. Um, but it also has, it's not, I wouldn't call it genre per se, but it has that. Oh no! Fantastical. It's fantastical. Yes, yeah. that's exactly the word. Fantastical yeah. quality. Well, and the um, and the the director and writer are have have geek cred. So oh yeah. To speak with yeah, absolutely. City of Lost well, Children. There yeah. is a huge, obvious love of cinema that comes yeah. out. Mm-hmm. And me, if you are a cinemaphile, then <clears throat> you're a geek. Yep. It doesn't matter that if what you love is not necessarily genre. If you love movies. Yeah. You're in. Yep, exactly. By the way, Excalibur, also super awesome. Also, wait, that (laughs) armor is so shiny. Oh, yeah. And also Lancelot. Hot. But, um, oh, who plays Arthur? What's his name? Um, Oh, I don't remember. He had beautiful eyes. I I always remembered Nicole Williams as 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 Merlin. Merlin. Yeah, well, like lightning. Yes, Helen was that Helen Mirren. It was Helen Mirren. (gasps) Oh, that's hot. She's hot. She's still hot, but she's super hot in that. (laughs) Oh my God, with her little ponytail and her her cheekbones and her eyebrows and. Yeah, her, God, she's gorgeous. Her and Nicole Williams with this shiny skull dome thing. Seriously, they did not have a sex scene, and I would have loved a sex scene <laughs> between Merlin and Morgay. Morgay? Was she Morgay or Morgaus? Uh, Who cares? Whatever. She, Helen Mirren and Nicole Williams. Yes. <laughs> oh, I think she wore like a little netty thing at one point where she was naked underneath. Hi yeah, there. Yeah. I am relentlessly heterosexual and I would still fondle that. Yeah. Woof, woof. 
Well, we got off the topic there a little bit. Yeah, All right. we, we, we wandered into Excalibur territory and it was okay. And that's really okay. Six degrees of seven bacon. So now bacon. I have multiple Six degrees of seven bacon. Seven bacon. I always say so now I'm three bread. degrees on multiple levels. I would eat seven bacon. I would eat seven bacon. Kevin Bacon made of seven bacons. All 12 strips of bacon. Yes. Mm. Yes. And I have. Seven I degrees of six bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Coming soon, directed by Joel Schumacher. <laughs> oh, 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 no. No, what you took bacon and made it bad. <laughs> well, bacon Schumacher did that with Hollow Man. Okay? Oh God, bacon with nipples. nipple bacon. You already. I'm Ooh. sorry, not Joel Schumacher. Uh, Paul Verhoeven, because okay. I was thinking of Hollow Man. Okay, that's because that already took American or foreign bacon. Verhoeven. I like I like American Verhoeven. American Verhoeven is pretty good, but foreign Verhoeven is very different. Okay, but which Dutch one, Verhoeven is which very one different. is going to really deliver the bacon in the most? But that's why I was comparing it to Hollow Man, where he did not deliver. He <laughs> did not a, deliver the bacon in Hollow Man. Given the Showed American bacon, but <laughs> given the American love of bacon, I would say American Verhoeven would be the more likely to give us bacon. Yeah, I feel like mm. they would deep fry the bacon. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is a very important conversation. We're having. It is. It is. It is. I, I, th- this, this is, is a, natural for this. This is a cut you're saving for later. I'm thinking. Yeah. Maybe. Or we could just keep it in. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. We'll see how it for maximum comes enjoyment. Has there ever been a Kevin Bacon sizzle reel? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. There needs to be. I want little sizzly sound effects too. Like just like little flames on the side. It fries like, you from one moment to another. Little flames just on the side while he's acting his little heart out. That work, that especially works in tremors when you when they're on the rock oh, in the middle yeah. of the desert sun. Yes, right. baking. Yeah. Speaking of Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Shh. I was... we, oh my god! After we were done with the Nicolas Cage project, we should all record. A podcast about all oh, Nicolas geez. Cage movies watched. Mm, that's a all hundred and fifty-seven. I'm, I'm scheduled watched... to be on a podcast where we where we talk about Nicolas Cage movies. Sweet Jesus, <laughs> you've watched you Knowing, and that I I I salute you. I do salute you on that. Very yeah. few people have have gone there. And they actually. I need to show Blu-ray. you Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. You do actually. You do I because know it's I Werner to... Herzog. Yeah. The fun that's, thi- that's actually on my radar. That's the thing. The fun thing about Nicolas Cage, I've realized he has about three or four different emotions, that, uh, you know, act, acting styles. There's uh, the full cage, where he's fully unleashed and he's just going nuts and having a blast. The second is stoic cage, where where he where he looks kind of sad sometimes, but otherwise he's just kind of there. And, and, and you, you can tell he's just like, I'm waiting for my paycheck to buy a car. Just waiting for my paycheck by the car, and then and then my favorite, confused and hungry Nick Cage, <laughs> which which is a corollary of, of of Stoic Cage, where he's trying to look serious, but really he ju- he just his eyebrows like go inwards, kind of like Adrian Paul, uh, and he, uh, no, sorry Adrian Brody, and he's, he's just <laughs> always so yeah, not your, Adrian Brody, Adrian Brody in his constant sad face. <laughs> And he's and he looks at things. He's just like, I could eat that, but I don't know what it is. I would imagine Nicholas Cage in Highlander the series. I know. I know. Oh my god. Oh my I'm god. the last one. The last one. Nicholas Cage as the Highlander would have been epic. Yeah. There can be only one. 
close up with the wings. Connor McCloud of the Clan McCloud. And then imagine him <laughs> trying to six hundred years old. Imagine him trying to do the Scottish accent for the. Oh God. <laughs> Well, he wouldn't even try. You know that. So now that we've already started the Nicolas Cage podcast episode. Well, all I wanted to say was <laughs> it's a kind his of magic. hair is crazy different and amazing and terrifying in every single one of his movies. They're, comp- they're all different. It's like if you put like Have a you- silhouette of Nicolas Cage of his head and you can guess what movie it is based on the silhouette of the hair. <laughs> I wanted basically, you know, when you go to the haircutting, you know, the hair salon and they have those magazines with all the different haircuts, there needs to be a Nicolas Cage magazine full of <laughs> headshots from all of his movies with all of the different hairstyles. You can hairstyles. get the Nick Cage. Which one? Well, that's a good question. Number 800. You, you order like Chinese food, the A231. You've, you've watched Con Air, right? Because that's oh, yeah. some of my favorite hair. That's like the last. Uh, end, uh, oh, well, rock. Drive Angry. Drive angry, oh, Nick Cage. Yeah, oh, I think that's be- that was that's a beautiful. A, that's, that's a beautiful thing. Weave. Not, not right. something I'd want to actually see on a real cage. human being. It's but, a beautiful weave, man. But that's, it is beautiful. Yeah. Soldier Cage. Uh, happy Cage, happy where where, where, he's kind, where he's just kind of like smiling. He's not. He doesn't unleash the full cage. He just kind of like. Yeah, yeah, I'm having fun here. I'm telling jokes. We kind of saw that with uh, uh, our the first movie Peggy tonight. Peggy Sue got married. Yeah, Peggy Sue got married. Yeah. Uh, he, he he unleashed it a few times, but most of the time he was just like, I'm happy, I'm good. I got Jim Carrey next to me. This is awesome. <laughs> it's also, which movies do they let Cage make his own makeup choices, and which do they not? <laughs> Face off. So let's do this thing. Okay, okay. sorry. <clears throat> All right. Silence. All right. All right. Uh, Hold on. Moment of silence. Okay. All right. This one's you. Okay, hold on. Moment of silence. All right, we're good. All right. A moment of silence. All right. So, shall we get started? Let us. Yeah, and then we can get to the theater. So, a moment of silence. We look like meerkats. (laughs) We both sit up straighter and look around. So it's your turn to introduce this one. Hold on. Moment of silence. I took a very Buddhist pose for that. <laughs> I did a very theatrical I did, one. I on. kind of you did you did Buddhist and I did this. Let me let me let me cross my legs and I'll do the lotus thing. Both of our chins went up though. That was what was hilarious. We both yes. looked up to the future. <laughs> All right, so let's Hopefully. start the next episode. You take this one, Melissa. First of all, moment of silence. <gasps> I love how surreal that gets. I know, it really does. Nobody it's like everybody just freezes. <laughs> nobody nobody does anything, they just freeze. What? What? <gasps> Don't breathe. <laughs> Don't move. I did want to jump back uh, to our so geeking out about different things. Yeah, okay. Um, I'll go on the other, another brief tangent about non- <laughs> I'm going to go non-movie and non-genre. Um, just today, I was talking to somebody about the TV show Soap. Oh, yeah. Which I adore. Da, 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 da. Yes. Da, 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 da. Because um, yeah. I loaned... Cheddar I own, Plate. Cheddar Plate. Yes. I own all four seasons on DVD, and I loaned them to a coworker. And I got into a little conversation about what was pivotal and notable about it and like the protests that happened when it was coming out because of mm-hmm. the sexual content being so scary and blah 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 and oh my that. god and i remember that i remember that yeah it was considered very 
very, very racy. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Very inappropriate. Very yes. subversive. Yeah. Oh. So anyway, but yeah, and, and it's just like, but one of the thing, one of the other things that I really geek out about is classic TV, in particular sitcoms, because, you know, there are a few notable ones that I think are among the best ever made. Mary Tyler Moore Show. Oh, mm-hmm. God, yeah. Um, but Bob Newhart Show. Yay. Soap. A Dick Van Dyke taxi. Oh, Dick Van Dyke. Dick Van Dyke show is also fantastic. So, you know, and I, and I, I and so. When we were watching Mad Men, we would mm. watch an episode of Mad Men and uh, then an episode of Dick Van Dyke as a chaser afterwards wow. to sort of cleanse the palate. Oh, that's awesome. Well chosen. What a great idea. Yeah. yeah. And they, they go together brilliantly because cool. they're, they're kind of in the, the same era yeah. about the same thing. But you would be so sad after one episode of Mad Men. There's like, I want some Dick Van Dyke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So we all know that I totally have to watch all the dancing shows. And so Dancing with the Stars this season is kind of really, the dancing's been amazing. Um, But something that's been going on this season in particular is there's been a lot more of in the next week's package, they allow the, the stars and the professional dancers to comment on the package that got shown the week before, mm-hmm. which hasn't really happened before. Mm-hmm. And so you'll have like one of the stars being like, I really didn't like how they cut that package last week. It made me look like I was a lot more angry than I was. Or like uh, Noah Galloway, who's the double amputee uh, contestant this year. He um, He's like, I really didn't like how they cut that package. It you know, Sharna, his pro, mm-hmm. she's amazing and... As and, in Sharna from You're Next? No. Oh, okay, no, I was, I was no. going to say, suddenly I'm interested in the show. <laughs> no, but Sharna is, she is amazing. She's seriously one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen and her choreography okay. is stunning. But he's like, you know, Sharna is amazing and we work so well together and, you know, she does so much for me and you cut it to make it look like I was just angry with her. And that, that upsets me because I have the greatest respect for her. And so it's been sort of interesting that they're allowing that sort of wall to break a little bit and, and to acknowledge that, you know, the way they cut these little things together is to tell a specific narrative that may or may not be accurate. Mm -hmm. So, but before I forget, have you seen Gallivant? The TV show. I watched the first four episodes and found myself turned off enough by the tropes that I couldn't enjoy the very delightful songs and okay. comedy. Because I, once it got to be, oh look, the female is competent but annoyed because the male lead is an idiot mm-hmm. and won't grow up. He's a man child. And she is basically nagging him all the time. But she's secretly attracted to him. And I'm like, really? This is what we're doing? Mm -hmm. This is so tired. And I don't like characters who are annoying and annoyed all the time. And so even though the comedy, Mm -hmm. some of the comedy was fucking brilliant. I love the songs. The guy playing the king? Oh, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. And the songs were terrific because, hello, Mm -hmm. because it's Alan Menken. Yeah. And like the whole joust training for the joust sequence in that first early episode where they're training for the joust, yeah. they're like, you're ready. And then they go out to fight and he's like, I can't raise my arms because I overdid it yesterday training. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, that is what would actually happen. Yeah. That's brilliant. Thank you. He, there was some great comedy and really fun, surreal stuff and very absurdist stuff that I was totally on board with, except that the main character I just couldn't like. Okay. Ryan made me watch it all when I was in England. Does it get better? (laughs) Well, there's not much of it. I mean, there's like six episodes. Oh. 
I guess I could like finish it. was like only six it. or eight, but um, it's fun watching the cameos come in. And okay. Well, if it's only six or eight, I might yeah. be able to finish it. But I was like, I do not want to watch 24 episodes yeah, of this. Oh, no. No. Once I saw it was like six episodes, it's like, yes. Yes, yes, I can watch that. Yes. Okay, yes. now that okay. you've told me this, I'm suddenly more interested. Okay. All right, <laughs> okay. so let's get serious. Back, back on, back on, back on. Back on. doesn't know how often that shit just happens and we just clip it out. Oh, no, I've listened to every episode you've put out and I'm aware of the clip shows and <laughs> no, I, I, mm. I, I've also had conversations with both of you in the past, so I, <laughs> I, 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 I know that this happens and it's okay. Have you read The Bald Soprano? Oh, yes. No. Okay, you have. All right. I, I was tech for that show. I love that show. I love... That is my favorite Ionesco ever, because mm-hmm. it was my first Ionesco, and you never forget your first. <laughs> what I love about Ionesco is here's a Hungarian writer writing in French about British people, and he still manages to nail how much the French and the British hate each other. <laughs> And it's so wonderful. I love it. I remember when my great-grandmother died. And by the time she died, she was in her late 90s. She was like three feet tall and weighed like 30 pounds, right? Mm-hmm. You know, one of those tiny little old women, tiny little women. And she died. In your family? I'm shocked. I know. Shh. So <laughs> we go to the gravesite to bury her. And this is like the first time I've been to a funeral, a, a traditional funeral as, you know, more of an adult. I think I had gone to some as a kid, but it had been a long time. And I'm standing at the gravesite and I look down and of course they've got her locked in a box and they're lowering her six feet underground into a concrete bunker that they're going to put a concrete slab on top of (laughs) before they put six more feet of dirt on top of this three foot tall, 30 pound woman. And I... I couldn't help it. I started giggling <laughs> and people mm, looking at me like, what the fuck? And I turned to my aunt and I'm like, what the fuck are we afraid of here? What? Why don't we just bury her face down if we're that scared? <laughs> Jesus. Because <laughs> all I could think is, why are we, we've locked her in a box. We've put her in a concrete bunker and we've buried her six feet underground. If that we're that terrified of her, I feel like she's going to win. <laughs> And I'm pretty sure that viewpoint came from Monty Python. <laughs> like just, um, this is a little ridiculous. So when I die, please cremate me. Have some fun with the ashes. Like seriously, pull some pranks and shit. Can we make a Zen garden? Yeah. Okay. Zen, or, you know, Zen garden, maybe um, like, oh crap, I hate it when I hate... Confetti? Yeah. When I hate, I hate it when I lose words and you're... You're hitting the animal in the air. Pinata. Thank oh, you. Pinata. We can make a pinata. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I got a vertebra. <laughs> <laughs> I got a vertebra. Woohoo! This is exciting. I don't care. Have some shenanigans with my ashes and definitely tell inappropriate jokes at the wake. That okay. is what I want. And karaoke. Okay. Yes. It's important to say these things out loud it or they is. never get it said. Is. It is. And then, then you die and then people have like really fucking lame funerals for you. <laughs> My early music education was thanks to being a Pentecostal Christian. That's an interesting conclusion. I just I'm just trying to find the positive in my upbringing. I had to do a lot of deprogramming once I reached adulthood. <laughs> I slept with a lot of men to get over the idea that sex was evil. So are you saying that there is healing power in the penis? Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> I've heard that before. I fully support that. <laughs> it, when properly applied. When properly, properly applied. applied. Yeah, I, I'll agree with that. Mm. Only under supervision. <laughs> I've had some improperly applied penis. I think I think most women of my age have. Yeah. 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 I one, one of the, one of these nights I need to pair it with like killer clowns from outer space. <laughs> just because the just, just the dichotomy of those two films. Yeah, would be no, hilarious. you really don't need to. Is... <laughs> okay, I ha- I have an enjoyment of killer clowns, so maybe. It's... I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. But <laughs> it would end the evening. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, but why would you? You have this wonderful taste, this wonderful flavor of a really, a really solid movie, and then you follow it up with killer clowns. It's like I'm gonna eat this delicious chocolate tart, and now some sweet tarts. What? No, that's not shitty enough. What's some really fucking shitty candy like? Nico wafers. No, no, no. no. Nico wafers are the bomb. I, 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 I don't care for grandma candy myself. Necco wafers actually got me into a man's bed once, so don't right. diss Necco right. wafers. All I right. like that about you. Alright. <laughs> I, I accept I am in the minority. <laughs> Northeast Candy Company. Mm-hmm. So anyway, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Uh, well, one, one, one last thing I want to say is... I am now I, picturing, I, though, a little trail of Necco wafers that you followed into some man's bed. It didn't quite happen like that. Like, but ooh. If you're in a Pac-Man ooh, house... Ooh, I like food. this flavor. <laughs> I like this flavor too. Oh, suddenly I'm in your bed. How'd that happen? Well, if you're going to do that, like I said, if it's the Pac Man, waka 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 waka. Now I, I read waka, the waka waka bounce a bounce That's not what power pellets do. Anyway, um. <laughs> so and scene. Isn't this a great blanket? God, this is amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's good blankie. It's velvety. Good blankie. Here, I'm going to tuck my feet out. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Okay. We're all under a blankie now. Okay. <laughs> we are technically on a bed and all under a blanket. This is like a 70s sex It is. It really is. Bob and Ted and you, Carol you, and Al. You know some... what I saw last night? I saw Smiles of a Summer Night, which is essentially a sex comedy by Ingmar Bergman. Yeah. Oh, okay. And it's hilarious is it it really is he, he, he's, he's done really a couple funny. of comedies i don't think yeah. of ingmar bergman and go oh that's hilarious i know i know it's 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 amazing i saw it i was like this is this is really funny okay it's, it's a it, sex farce add it to the list i will love me like a parabola <laughs> yeah well, josie and the pussycats did not do well at the box office because no. everybody like thought it was for real in a weird yeah, yeah, sort of way? They did. Well, and again, that's a problem with the trailer. Yeah. Because the trailer did not show the way they were commenting on popular culture. Oh, yeah. The trailer showed the band du jour. How do you not get that? <laughs> Backdoor lover. Coming from behind with the lights down low. Backdoor lover. Just you and me. No one has to know. <laughs> I'll go meet you there in our secret spot. I'll show you a love that's more than hot. <laughs> oh, oh, Alan oh, my God, Seth Green. <laughs> oh, and, and, and Alan Cumming. And Parker Posey. <gasps> yes. I oh, need more Parker Posey. God, I mean, the leads are 
generally Ooh. forgettable. Although, wait, who is that? Is that that's not Gina Torres? No. no, 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 it's not Gina Torres, but it, it's still a black actress that I've seen in lots of things and I really like. Um, and poor Tara Reed. Oh. <laughs> Although she, this is her best she role. She this is her happy best end, role. You know, no, you clap, clap your hands. hands. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if you're happy and you know no, it, clap, clap your hands. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's her best role. It's it really so great. Is. It's so great. Just, just uh, one more thing about Viva Knievel. Gene Kelly is so unbelievably good in this terrible fucking movie. He's oh, yeah. always good. We mm-hmm. talked about that in with the Zane. It, it, it's amazing yeah. how like un He raises the level of yeah. everything around him. He mm-hmm. twinkles even when it's shit. And it's not, you know, it's not a Gene Kelly type part. I mean, it's this like sad, broken alcoholic guy. It's part of why I love Inherit the Wind. Yeah. Because in Inherit the Wind, he plays a cynical, snarky jerk and you're like you never get to see him do that role and he's good at it you're like gene oh, kelly so i mean i knew you were a performer but you were an actor yeah <sighs> oh gene kelly but, such an ass <laughs> yeah you don't you don't see a lot of ass in, in, in diva knievel oddly no. enough i always like it when people who think they're super smart get played that always Plus, it's Brad Dourif, so that's always a fun thing. Brad yeah, Dourif. It's, it's always entertaining. In a I movie. met him, and he looked really grouchy. He all, well, well, it he kind of... Isn't that sort of... Well, but, you know... He was having a bad day. He was having a bad day at Dragon Con, apparently. Well, <laughs> Dragon Con can be quite overwhelming. I agree. I agree. Brad I totally... Dourif should play the villain in every movie ever. I agree to that, too. Oh, he does. He he skizzes very well. Oh, man. He has, wish... a, he has a range of skis. He he has you have, you have your Grima Worm Tongues, then you have your uh, Gemini Killer. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever seen One Floor Over the Cuckoo's Nest? I have not. Oh, he's heartbreaking <sighs> in it. Just he, he was nominated for an Oscar and he should have won it. Oh God, he, yeah, he was so good. One because he um it well one flew over the cuckoo's nest is a movie about a mental institution yeah. and the inmates inside of it. And Brad Dourif is this um very fragile character. Who, he's a young man with a yeah. horrible stutter who's clearly been dominated by his mother, and he's in a mental institution. For no good reason. I mean, yeah. it becomes very apparent very quickly. Hmm. And he is the ingenue. He is sweet and wonderful and trying so hard to make sense of things. And he is just battered by that movie. And it's so heartbreaking. Oh. Yeah, he, he just rips your heart out in that movie. Hmm. And, and And that's when he made his mark as an actor. I mean, he was nominated for an Oscar. He didn't win, but that—that that was the movie I saw. Him went, oh. And then he's, he's like, fantastic. you know, he's like, yeah, I'm really good at this, but you know where I'll make my money? Playing skeezies. Yeah, <laughs> and he's too. really good at it. <laughs> Again, the range, the range of evil. The range is amazing. He friended me on Facebook. Oh, I'm so excited. Can I touch your garment? It's not that. It's not that. Like, oh, I'm so special. It's that. No, I know. I yay, know. great friend no. of you. Oh no, 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 no. Trust me. I, I, I have the same reaction to some of the. I, I'm friends with James Gunn on Facebook. Yeah, I know. Isn't he so nice? And I, I friended him. Bef- I mean, like, well before Guardians of the Galaxy, because mm-hmm. I liked. I mean, he directed Slither, and mm-hmm. he uh-huh. did the. He did some of those PG porn things that are mm-hmm. hilarious, <laughs> and. 
you know, and somebody else I knew was friends with him. I saw and I was just like, oh, cool. I, I sent him and it was like, he accepted my friend request. I'm like, that's awesome. Cool. Because what do you know? There are people. <laughs> Go yeah, fit. Who, who knew? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm actually I'm friends with a couple members of one of my favorite bands on Facebook as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's just like, it's that, just, that's neat. It's just neat. Yeah. It's just, oh. Mm-hmm. oh. Is the PG porn thing where it's like porn footage that's covered up with pieces of animation? No. Okay. No. Because those is. are brilliant too. No. So those the, are. The, the PG porn series, the, the very first one featured Nathan Fillion. Mm-hmm. Of course. And it, it's, it was called Nailing Your Wife. <laughs> and he's a construction worker and his boss's wife comes in looking for the boss who's okay. out on a you know to buy stuff or something and you know it's like and it's 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 the trope of pg the pg porn thing is there there are these shorts are usually only about three minutes and it's just like one of those you know bad classic porn. bad porn moments except there's some other comedy spin on it you know so you don't actually get any real porn mm-hmm. you get the bad acting in you know the intentionally bad acting and the cheesy bad double entendre stuff written to be over the top bad funny Fun. um and i don't want to i don't want to say much more about it because we will they, link they, to they them should, in the show yeah the shows. yeah we Excellent. should at least oh and james gunn is in one of them so we should link to the nathan <laughs> fillion one and the james gunn one yes okay so one of the things that i've been fascinated to watch over the, the last couple of years is there's this great challenge to traditional channels of media where the traditional gatekeepers of entertainment are being really challenged by really relaying diversity in their audience. Hmm. And, you know, the, the, the usual everything is dominated by white males mm-hmm. uh, model is going away and they're not quite sure what to do about it. Well, I think that's uh, a bad thing. But, no. but because I the traditional channels are all run by white males, so well, yeah. they're like... Uh, I sense we need to do something, but I don't know how these stories go because yeah. I have no familiarity with them. And I guess I could ask a woman, but well, that's a dumb idea. And it's kind of awkward. And mm. you know, when we're as we're recording this, um, I think this will only go up like three weeks from now. But as we're recording this, uh, Fast and Furious Seven just came out, mm-hmm. and it's been getting huge audience numbers and tremendously diverse audience numbers because it has a tremendously diverse, diverse cast. cast. Representation matters. Representation matters. And um, the the nice thing about producing content for the internet is that you don't have the traditional gatekeepers inf- inf- information between the artist and the audience. Mm. And, you know, like you were saying, it's a double-edged sword in that you're just getting a fire hose of information from your audience. But at also, the same time, it's, you, it's great yeah. to just have uh people who don't who won't say well we can't have that the test markets the test markets and the charts say that that uh, that's not what our audience wants so ha huh, we won't have to well, well yeah i know be. that i know that brown people go to movies but do they go to movies enough let's not take a chance more exactly. white men mm-hmm. more mm. white men but but you can be very agile in responding to what your audience is demanding exactly well the yeah. internet i mean Seriously, what what's what's the trope? Somewhere, somewhere, somebody's made that into a fetish. I mean, yeah, rule thirty four. There's yeah. an audience for everything. There's an audience for everything, and audience it also, it, while there may be an audience for everything, it means that no matter what you're looking for, you can find it. <laughs> it's absolutely. So if true. you're wanting representation for whatever it is that you want represented, it's out there somewhere. But God that also bless means America. Rod Liefeld has fans. 
Well, you know, yeah. that's always been true, really. <laughs> well, I'm, as much as I disagree this, with that, the, to your point. I mean, the problem with the internet and the problem, the problem is that somewhere along the way of being able to find your niche, people crawled into their niche and think that that's all that they should have to deal with. The violent wall to defend it. Yeah. 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 And as is playing out with, like, the Hugo Awards right now, which blows my <laughs> mind that science fiction writers don't want the future to you know, happen. No, it's not. It's, it's a it's, people's it's, choice award that was hijacked by a group. Yeah. Now I've been really busy working on my movie lately, so I haven't been following this. What exactly happened with the Hugos? So last year's Hugos, the nominees were the most diverse they had ever been in terms of women, trans, people of color, mm-hmm. etc. And that means that the, for want of a better word, sort of the militant wing whiteies of sci-fi reacted of look the you know the culture warriors are taking over right and all these people with their hoo-hoos their hoo-hoo-ha-ha shit and this isn't real sci-fi we want to return to the to the good old days where mm-hmm. sci-fi was about swashbuckling adventure because that's what started that's quote that's what star trek was about was about the oh. adventure it wasn't about this so- oh, it wasn't about that. social justice awesome. and the best part about that was david gerald going i was fucking there shut your whore mouth <laughs> and, then telling, and then, then telling david gerald he didn't know what he was talking about yeah just like oh god he wrote for it so anyway what happened happened is these and i am not being hyperbolic the they this is how they would self-describe these misogynistic man children they called themselves the sad puppies that was their own name (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know right but they are um the rabid puppies which the sad puppies gleefully aligned with so they can just suck my dick when they try to talk about well i well that's his viewpoint yeah but you were happy enough to go along with it because the rabbit puppies which is vox this is a man who honest to god thinks women should have never been given the right to vote and he said should have been shot in the head you know yes he's horrible and so that's what we're talking about is this um we we want science fiction that represents our viewpoint which is white male and traditional and so what they did is they used the power of the internet to rally their fans and as we all know the rabid male white horrible cluster that happens on the internet is feeling very attacked right now as the world slips away from them so they're more than happy to get up in arms and they said all you have to do is buy a supporting membership to Worldcon, and then you can vote. And here's who we want you to vote for. And they laid out a slate. And their slate overwhelmingly got in in every category but one. The sl- and the, the terrible thing is there are actually some good books on there that mm. might have actually been nominated, but now they've been tainted. Yeah. But probably 80% of it is pure shit. Uh. And it means that this year, everybody who is really the Hugos is pretty much going to vote no award. And then the next thing is, of course, because that's what bullies do. They up the ante and they're like, if you don't give an award, then we'll, we'll nominate worse things next year. I mean, so mature. Did, did you yeah. see though what the pushback is with the, the award ceremony where all the presenters now are going to be ethnic uh, queer people? 
Well, just to kind of like uh, rub it back in their face. Well, except that, um, like Connie Willis has just said, I won't even be a part she won't, of this. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I mean, David Gerald is going to be presenting one of the awards. Yeah. Well, he's, the, to- all he's, give- one of the, he's the host or the ta- Toastmaster. Yeah. And they're all going to give little speeches before everyone. Say filibuster. <sighs> so that's what's going on there, which is the power of the internet in a bad way. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's, 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 it's a tide that I wouldn't say f- is fickle. <laughs> but I, I prefer little, to think it. Yeah. It, 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 it rolls in unpredictable ways right now. As a but, science fiction fan. It's actually very predictable. The mm. minute, the minute women or people of color or people who are not white men make any kind of gains, the internet rises up against it in all of its rabid fury to try to take it down and to tell you that you should die, you should be raped to death, you should be burned alive, um, you should, uh, somebody should come to your house and shoot you. And these, and the biggest crime in our culture right now is we haven't yet figured out what level of crime that is to do that. Mm. But and also though, to be fair, one of the great powers in the internet is there all, there is also a great force working against that. Yeah. Yes. And and pushing it, against that. Well and shining a light on it. And shining a light on it. It's being becoming very vocal a lot about it. it's getting a lot more visible as people are like, no, I'm not gonna suffer I'm not gonna yeah. suffer through this anymore. No. Look, this is what is being sent to me. This is yeah, this is my life right now. Look at this. This is ridiculous. As so, a science fiction yeah. fan, I prefer to think things uh, things optimistically. So when I see this kind of thing, and of course we see it all the time now in in the in the news for like politicians and guys organizing this kind of of terrible uh, uh, mindset about science fiction. I prefer to think of it not as as uh, the biggest threat at ever to the system, but rather the dying cries of people who have realized they've already lost. Oh yeah, they've lost, but they're gonna be awful all the way. Out. I know they're gonna they're gonna kick and scream on their way out the door. But let's not forget how many dystopian novels start with the minority going nuts and taking control back violently. Why you gotta break my optimism? Because <laughs> <laughs> like I fucking science... read The Handmaid's Tale. Like the classic science fiction novel, Logan's Run. <laughs> the, the way I look at it is that it's a, you have a generation of people who were told that their views are wrong and they use their outlet, like be it comics, be it video games, be it the internet, be it science fiction, as a way where this is my little niche where I can tuck in and channel all this stuff that I gleefully enjoy. And now you're having people who come in and say, that's not an escape. That is my life. The internet is now an entire generation's life. Mm. It's not an escape mm-hmm. from life. Yeah. Comics are representing life, not an escape from life. Video games are representing life, not an escape from life. And these people are like, you're taking my little ca- my little cave where I got to howl at the, wi- at the moon. Well, and where I was and special. I, yeah. And now you're saying it's not important anymore. It's, it's, it's ironically, they're being internet hipsters. Mm -hmm. I was here first and you're not a real geek and you're not a real science fiction fan and you're not a real internet user and you don't know you weren't there. The gatekeepers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, the thing is, is I I mean, the, the actual truth is even what they're seeing is the backlash against it. And what, what the reality is going to be is that. the the backlash is actually saying no he we are an audience too please create content for us as well Mm. now that we have a voice we can say please 
more diversity in our media. But the thing is, is as long as there's an audience, the straight white males will always get... Oh, they're going to get know, what they they're, want. They're, oh, yeah. gonna get, they're going to get content catered to them. But in an ideal world, straight white males will get content. You know, Hispanic people will get content. Women will get content. Everybody. Transgender it, people. Yeah, and, every, it, transgender and, people. Yeah. It'll be just a great big party of content, right? It, it doesn't necessarily mean that we're taking stuff away well, I from mean, the channels. There's the traditional channels. But it, hopefully it means that... We're just adding more variety. There's well, a quote from the West Wing I, I, I like for this. They'll like us when we win. Or <laughs> when Convergence went to four days instead of three, and there was a huge segment of people who just flipped their shit mm-hmm. about it because I can't afford to go for four days. Mm-hmm. That's too long for me. Well, you don't have to go. You can still go for three days. And the really what their argument was was, no, you can't have fun without me. Participation is not mandatory. Their their argument when you boiled it down and tried to and fed it back to them was, so what you're saying is, since you can't go, you don't want us to have fun without you. And it's the same bullshit. It's like, well, that movie's not made for me then don't watch it. It's not like they're not still making movies for you. It's not like that only 8,000 movies ever get made a year. And if other people get movies made, then I don't get my 8,000 movies. No, it's the fucking internet. Everybody's going to be making movies. Your movies will still be there. Yeah. As, as an underrepresented, you know, um, not minority. I mean, women are half the population of this planet, but as an underrepresented For being person, half the population. Yeah. You know, what I want is, every once in a while, I want to see a movie where, you know, women have, you know, prerogative and, you know, are the main oh, character and, no. you know, wild, crazy, all that stuff. Could you make that face again, that judgy face at me? <laughs> That is a really good judgy face. Kolai is very good at judgy faces. <laughs> I get it from my father, who has really giant eyeballs. And so when he gives you the eye, it's like they're actually coming out of his face. Wow. <laughs> so it's really getting the eye. So um, when I was driving to Indiana, mm-hmm. it was late at night. Teddy had fallen asleep. Mom had just been like, yeah, I'm going to sleep now because I was going to drive through the night and get us to Chicago by morning. So I'm I'm out in the middle of Wisconsin Mom had just like rolled over to like do some dozing when I look ahead on the highway and there's something in the middle of the road. It looks like maybe a bit of tire. I don't know. Uh, I'm going 70 and the speed limit's 65. So I'm not actually like being crazy, super windy driver the way I normally am. So I'm just like, oh, well, I don't know. And then it lifts up its head. And I'm like, that's a critter. I would like to avoid hitting the critter because my car is, you know, maybe six inches off the ground because I drive a fit and I start to swerve to go around it. And that's when it leaps in front of me <laughs> and it's a raccoon and thud, right? Which wakes up my mom and Teddy's like, what? And mom's like, what the hell? And I'm like, oh, I just, ah. Suicidal raccoon? I hit a raccoon. And you know how you started doing that whole, oh, I killed something. And then I'm like, well, the car seems fine, but... I should probably pull over and check. I should pull over and check, right? I'm going to pull over and check. The minute I start to slow down, oh, there's something wrong with the car. <laughs> you can hear there's, and there's a dragging sort of sound. Oh, you still have raccoon. And so I pull off. And as, 
I pull off into an SA, which is, you know, one of our local gas stations, like right up to the door. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to check. And I'm expecting to walk around the front and see dents or maybe the bumper hanging off or something like that. And instead, as I walk around the front, what I see is a raccoon tail sticking out of my car engine. Ah! Oh my God. It's still in there. And then, so I'm like, ah! And then, oh, sweet Jesus, it's still breathing. Oh, God. Oh, God. And I had pulled up right next to a couple of good old boys in a truck. And it was nice enough their window was down. And they're, like, leaning out. They're like, what is it? Because what they saw was the first sort of gasp. And then the physical flinching back of, like, a good five feet. And my mom's in the car like, what? What? And I'm just, oh, God. Because ah, what immediately flashes through my head is, how do I get it out? Mm-hmm. I can't pull a live raccoon out of my car engine. And they've got rabies and shit. And I'm in my flip-flops. And suddenly I'm very worried about it, like, biting my ankles. Like, it, was, it was very strange. <laughs> well, it's already and, inside your car, you know? Yeah. And I'm just like, we're going to have to stay here until it dies. Because how, how do you get a raccoon out of your car engine? So these good old boys... Oh, what is it? I'm like, it's a raccoon in, 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 in my engine. And it's alive. Raccoon. Well, that's good meat. (laughs) No fucking shit. I am not exaggerating. That is exactly what happened. And then it became this whole epic thing. And the woman from the essay comes out. She's like, uh, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know what to do. Cause it's, it's like three in the morning. She's like, I don't know what to do. I, I called the cops cause I don't think animal control will come out this late. And she's like, did, did you want like a soda or something? Honey? And I'm like, no, I've got enough adrenaline going on right now. I'm good. And then the cop shows up and he's just like, huh, never seen that before. No shit, right? <laughs> and then, because, like, they're putting on work gloves to try to drag it out, and that's when you, you find out that it's, while you can see blood dripping down, this raccoon is having none of it, and the minute they, like, reach out, this paw comes out, and it's just like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> and then it sits up, and it's glaring out from behind the mesh shield of my radiator. It's like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you and i'm like what the hell and the cop's like i don't even know what to do and i'm like well maybe if you got a stick you could kind of i don't know pry it out because and he's like oh stick and i'm like i don't know where you get one he pulls out his little baton slap and i'm like or that and then he's like he's like trying to prod it with the stick and it's like fuck you fuck you fuck you fuck you this little paw like don't you fucking do that you already hit me with your goddamn car i'm living here now this is my house and all i can think is roadkill is supposed to be dead and then so i'm like distracted by something teddy's woken up she's like mommy i'm why are all these men standing around the car and staring in i'm like well we got a problem and then the cop starts walking to my car with a rifle Like, I literally turn to talk to mom. I turn around and the cop is coming. I'm like, where'd the cop go? Oh, here he comes from his cop SUV with a double barrel shotgun. And I'm like, I'm going to get my daughter out of the car. Because I've seen enough Michael Bay movies to Mm -hmm. know that you, oh, yeah, he's going to shoot into my engine. That means things explode, right? I don't want my daughter in the car. So I get my, or, and at the very least, there's going to be a loud boom, which will be scary. And then potentially a dead carcass. 
And he's like, oh, it's just, I'm just going to fire a beanbag round. And I'm like, nonetheless, I don't need to be here for this. <laughs> so I take Teddy inside and there, and my mom's like peering out through the door, giving me like, you know, status updates. I'm like, thanks mom. And, um, and so he shoots the raccoon and drags him out of the engine and he destroyed my radiator and my condenser. He pushed my engine in three feet. He was huge. And this... <laughs> I don't even remember why I brought it up, but this fucking raccoon, man. I am going to put it in the category. I haven't watched it recently, but when I went went back and watched Point Break, which is I remembered as a ridiculously over-the-top action film that didn't even make sense. What the hell? Oh, no, it's great. When you go back and watch it, it makes you realize how shitty our action movies have become <laughs> since then. Because yeah. this is a, quote, ridiculous action movie that's actually like really great it it actually is it no point point break was unappreciated in its time uh celeste you're also a eternal sunshine of the spotless mind yes yes which is a, f- a film i absolutely adore and i know that you guys delved into charlie kaufman i will uh at, at one point i will say that is i think uh easily my favorite of his yeah quite possibly the strongest and i think it's largely and this is a completely irrelevant tangible who cares um I think that a big reason that that is the best film that has come from Charlie Kaufman is because of Michel Gondry, the director. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because of what he took and made with it. Um, And very specifically, somebody gave me, for Christmas many years ago, someone gave me a shooting script from that film that was signed by like two or three of the main actors, Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet, I think maybe somebody else. And I read that and I saw obvious changes that did not make it into the, like, said slightly differently or portrayed a little differently than laid out on the page or things where it's laid on the on the page in a heavy-handed notation way mm-hmm. that became so much more subtle with Michel Gondry's touch as a director. And I think, because I think that Charlie Kaufman is brilliant, but a little ham-fisted at times. A little Some bit. Some of his stuff is really kind of working too hard to punch you in the face with how weird he is. And I think that that film was the perfect balance between what he created and then and then what Michel de Gondry did. Yes, and also um, Kaufman isn't one to create warm characters. His mm. characters are very isolating. Mm. Yeah. And I think once you put Michel Gondry in front of a project, mm. he brings out the warmth in characters, yeah. even unlikable characters. Oh, and so yeah. I think... Yeah, because honestly... It, you you movie, actually get like a real human gravity from Eternal Sunshine. Yeah. And that's because the success. Because the, the character that Jim Carrey plays could actually be very off-putting in oh, that movie. Yeah. And yet... You like him and you're engaged with him. And, and not that, just because he's a protagonist, because sometimes no. we identify too much with a protagonist that is not, shouldn't no, no, be no, likable. No, 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 no. But you can, he is. You can see that he's conflicted, that he's mm-hmm. trying, that he's, yeah. eh, he, this is somebody who, who who's trying to make connections, but they're not very good at it. And so you're still on his side in the hands of a different director. That would have been a really unlikable character. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And blend that with some of the, crazy cool practical effects that he did that look like they're got they have to be some sort of weird computer manipulation and it turns out they're not yeah especially the kitchen table Mm -hmm. the the, where he hides under the kitchen table that he walks around the table and it's it is a wonky not flat not level table that is made to look like it's got this weird perspective so it seems like he changes size Mm -hmm. as he walks around it 
neat. It's just yeah. freaking amazing. I'm doing the Get Lucky 7K on Saturday, and I'm gonna oh, get nice. a I'm gonna get a medal. Nice. I only I only run races now where they hand me a medal when I cross the finish line. Whether it doesn't matter what your time was, it doesn't oh. matter when you cross the finish line. Look, you cross the finish line. Here's a medal. Yes, that's good. I imagine you're like a dachshund, you know, running the race because it it takes you extra effort to it go that far. Does thank you, <laughs> thank you. I feel like people don't realize with my legs being so short, it takes more work. Yeah, I'm like a Great Dane. You're like a dachshund. I'm you just... know, I I realize <laughs> I realize I am privileged. Well, the, the reason the, the, the reason I said the Velvet Underground is because there's there's a bar in Minneapolis called Palmer's, and they have and they have a, a a an annual jug band contest, and where where people go up and and play jugs or something, and and uh, one you you know and and I remember seeing the list of like the participating groups. And one year there was a band that called themselves the Velvet Underjugs. <laughs> and I was, that made me so happy. All right, there's your recommendation for this week. Yeah, Velvet uh, Underjugs. You know, a, a jug well, band that comes. Jug band competition in general, but yeah. Velvet Underjugs. Uh, I, I just love the idea of a jug band that just does Velvet Underground covers. <laughs> I feel like that's a, a specialty bra shop or something. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta hold those fuckers up. <laughs> velvet underjugs. With some velvet and some wire. Yeah. Just, yeah. You know, oh, man. Yeah. It'd support be, and it'd be very fashion. Important. Velvet underjugs. Heroin. <laughs> it's my wife. And it's my life. <laughs> <laughs> It, it's late enough that literally you're, everything is funny. Your jug playing is kind of baboony. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's hard to mime a jug. It's kind of weird. You, you just. I just. I did kind of look like I did, did kind of do this ape motion. Oh my god! I'm going like. <laughs> the fucking deputy from Duke's ass and I'm gone. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Whoa. Heroin. <laughs> Baboons playing jugs. A baboon jug band. That's what I'm are. waiting for the man. <laughs> <laughs> This is okay. a YouTube $26 in my hand. <laughs> okay, I have Friday I'm in Love by a jug band in my head now. Where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> Friday I'm in Love. <laughs> sing it, Wendy. Sing it. Sing it. <laughs> Just sing any random lyric and then, and then go. <laughs> <laughs> It works for everything. Clang, clang, clang with the trolley. Just beat it. Beat it. She's a brick. She mighty mighty. Ooh, she let it go. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> now you've definitely gone baboon. <laughs> <laughs> like the baboons are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, 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 brick house. <laughs> <laughs> I like big butts and I cannot like. <laughs> Let's get in that. <laughs> Oh, it's all about the base. Got that base. Because <laughs> you got to bring it up to date, dudes. Here's what I think of when I think of Lodi. It's a dance number from Veer Zara, which is a Bollywood film. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're right. It's <laughs> that, wow. with the sticks. Yeah. The Festival of Lodi. Mm-hmm. And it's a great dance number, but it it's like Lodi. I don't know dick about california but i know about bollywood movies mm. <laughs> it's been a while defeated since... me in the multicultural department <laughs> oh, i've wow, never no, heard I... of such a thing oh veer zara, zara is actually really great that that's one of the first bollywood movies i actually sat down and watched it's not what i we're way off topic but it doesn't yeah. matter uh it's not what i would consider a good intro to bollywood film but I um simply it. simply because usually if i'm going to try to sucker somebody into loving um to loving Bollywood, I'll usually pick something a little bit more upbeat. And Veer Zara borders on tragedy. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, it's great. It's a tearjerker. It's so melodramatic and so emotional. And oh, and Shah Rukh Khan cries so pretty. He does. Oh, he really does. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a great it's, one. Yeah, Veer Zara. It's, it's actually on Netflix streaming. Oh, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Is oh. it 14 hours long? It is at least three. Okay. And of course it is subtitled, so you gotta make a commitment to watch Bollywood. All right. Yeah. But it, it um it is still, I think, one of my favorite Bollywoods. Mm. I, I really like Veer Zara. And the name again for our listeners? Veer V E E R Z A R A, if I remember right. It's two E's, two A's. V E E R Z A A R A. Got it. Pardon me, three A's. Three it's A's. two A's together, sorry. Okay. Um they're the last names of the two main characters. Yep. Mm. So noted. And it's about um, India-Pakistan relations. Oh, are they star-crossed lovers? One's Muslim and one's Hindu? Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. One's from Pakistan and one's from India. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay, so I tried to explain daylight savings time to, to your Indian friends? Yes, to my friends in Mumbai. 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 Oh, God, they would be so offended by how drunk I am. (laughs) Oh, God. Alcohol's not a good thing over there. Um, Is this... this, No, that's Muslims, but they're Hindu. No, no, they're Hindu. Hindus are okay with alcohol, I thought. Well, depends. I don't know that much about Hindu. I really don't. No, no. America has a very special relationship with alcohol i have a very special relationship oh i do too no i totally agree but um oh god yeah no they (laughs) if you want to be my lover so you're explaining to your no wait that wasn't the point of the story the point of the story was fucking daylight Daylight savings savings time time. thank you yes (laughs) to your i'm trying to explain it with my with my co-workers in in mumbai mumbai Why is there still alcohol in my glass? This is not healthy. Um, Why are there people in Mumbai? Oh, all my M- Mumbai people. Everything is crazy. And how did no. they respond to daylight savings? They they were very confused. That Perfect. is a lot Perfect. of Perfect. syllables I just put out of my mouth. And you did them in the correct order, and I'm very proud of you. Oh, yes. thank you. Hey, by the way, I am I am on first name terms 
with a fucking actual real life rocket scientist. So suck it, y'all. Fuck yeah. I'm not the only one here. We all are. Yeah, we all are. We all are. We all are. I'm not not just me, but like all of us, we know rocket scientists for Uh realsies. Like, I'm Facebook friends with her, bitches. I also know somebody who worked on the Hubble Telescope. Hubble Tubble? Hubble Tubble? Hubble Telescope. Hubble Tullabubble? The Hubble Teletubby? Oh, oh, did you hear about the Hello Teletubby? I can't even the Hello Kitty Teletubby? What? What just happened? The Hello Kitty Hubble Teletubby? Yes. And by the way, the Hamburglar stopped by. Hubble Bubba. The the Hamburglar stopped by the Hubble Telescope and it sounded like this. Rubble, rubble, Hubble. I'm a comedy genius. There was that bubble game. And he played bubbles. Bubbles. But what is it? Bubble Mania? Yeah, Bubble Mania with his pops. Rubble, Rubble, Hubble, Mubble Mania. Was it supple? It was very supple with the Rubble, Rubble. <laughs> Hubble. The Hubble is very supple, Rubble, Rubble. <laughs> Elocution, my dears. I posted it on Twin Cities Geek, but if you haven't found Fashion It So, it's a delightful oh, yeah. Tumblr blog. And what, what they do is they take an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation and they review, they go through the plot of the episode, but they're reviewing it for the fashion choices. Oh, nice. And yeah, it it's is, a weird discussion of costuming and stuff. And it yeah. is snarkily wonderful. I mean, on the one it's hand. It's like, that is the most unflattering color you could have put on that And, and they're like, Oatmeal Boy shows up again. What? Seriously. Oh. More turtlenecks. God damn it. (laughs) And it's really entertaining. It is a rabbit hole that will consume an entire afternoon if you let it. So there, you can have, there's my recommendation. You can have fashion it so. And I have, I have one. Uh, It's called This Is Not Porn. Yes. (laughs) It is. That's a good one. A fantastic, I I'm not sure if it's based on Tumblr or not, but it's basically a blog that just reposts really rare and interesting celebrity photos. Neat. Yeah, it it it's lovely. It's lovely. That is nice. And it isn't porn. It really isn't. This is not porn. This is not porn. I will I will link it in the show notes. Excellent. My God, you guys, be lazy assholes and watch this stuff. <laughs> yeah, don't go outside. I really am. Pre-sauced. Why did I? Oh. You just poured another glass Shit. of wine. Oh, it's magic! I am both pleased and terrified. Pat just poured. No, no, no! I just finished mine, and I realized I need to stop there. There was a moment while I was drinking, man, that I'm like, I don't know what's happening right now. Okay, we well, would... hold, 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 hold. Before we go forward, we should close this episode. We kind of did. Did we? Yeah. Did we, we said actually good- say the goodbyes? Yeah, we in, did. Are people in Mumbai still listening to us? We did. We said the goodbyes. Oh, okay. Please continue. Right. <laughs> so, dear listeners, in case we did totally forget to close this episode. We did not. You're just too drunk to remember. <laughs> Good night, listeners. We love you. Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. New episodes arrive every Thursday. You can find us on iTunes and on Stitcher. 
You can also visit us at xanaducinema.com. Follow us on Twitter at Xanadu Cinema and like us on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Which, <laughs> that is a pair of exploding dicks.